You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. All right. Well, welcome back to another Bible Plus podcast. Today we come to Acts chapter 11. And this chapter is kind of interesting because it's both very slow and also very fast. It's very slow in that it repeats Peter's experience of the conversion of the uh, household of Cornelius and his account of the baptism of the Holy Spirit there again. He's relating this to the leaders in Jerusalem, the Jews, who actually have a problem with it. It's very It's very detailed in this matter. And then it shifts and picks up in a very quick pace, discussing the spreading of the gospel and the Lord advancing uh, through the disciples being scattered, uh, announcing the word, uh, some even to the Gentiles. um, And then the raising up of a church there in Antioch and the leadership or the the teaching in that church involving eventually Saul of of Tarsus. And so I'd like to focus on Peter and then on Paul, these two main characters here. This chapter uh, begins with this story about Peter and then wraps up with this um, this story, this um, these events surrounding Paul. You don't yet hear much from him, but what we could say is this is a transitional uh number of chapters from 10, 11, 12, uh, beginning in chapter 13, the record is focused on Paul and the ministry with him and his company. Um, What we're at here is the kind of the zenith of Peter's ministry, uh, the ministry with Peter and his company, mainly to the Jews, but now having reached the Gentiles. But as it turns out, Paul is the vessel prepared by the Lord to take the move to the Gentiles uh, further, much further than Peter is is allowed to go. Uh, and so this is sort of a transition chapter, a transfer from uh, the old dispensation to the new new dispensation, from the old arrangement from the, to the new arrangement. And um, so let's take a look at these two things briefly. So with Peter, uh, he he first has to recount his experience in chapter 10 with uh, the Lord initiating this move, sending Peter to Cornelius, and then Peter speaking a message. And as he's speaking to them, um, even in obedience to the Lord to be there, uh, even hesitating to obey the Lord, even he had to be shown a vision of a great sheet and had to be made to understand that the animals in that sheet had been cleansed by the Lord, and it was now uh, right for him to be with these men of the uncircumcision and to eat with them. And you have to kind of understand their point of view that at that time, these believers were so steeped in the old dispensation, the old arrangement, the Old Testament economy, we could say, that prohibited the interaction between Gentiles and Jews that uh, set up a dividing wall, all these different things that they held so 
strongly divided them from the Gentiles, the Sabbath, the dietary restrictions, the, just the bloodline itself, circumcision, all these different things separated them from what they called the uncircumcision. And so for them to, to spread the gospel, the best gift of all, the eternal life in Jesus Christ, the, the gift, the equal gift that Peter says in verse 17, uh, for them to spread that to the Gentiles would have been, it would have been, uh, it would have broken their concepts. They, they actually, uh, in their response to Peter in verse 18, when he says, um, in verse 17, he says, if therefore God has given to them the equal gift as also to us who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could have forbidden God? And then it says in their response, and when they heard these things, they became silent and glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also God has given repentance unto life. So this, even just this inclusion of this word, then, it means they respond with surprise and they're somewhat hesitant. Uh, they're not jumping for joy when they hear of the of the Gentiles receiving eternal life, even kind of they're a little bit unwilling to go along with this new move of the Lord. So this is instructive for us. Peter was hesitant to go along, so he took six brothers with him so that they could be witnesses of everything. And the gen the Jews who heard about this were unwilling, hesitant, and yet this was the Lord's definite intention. This was his definite intention. And he had told them back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they were to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And so they knew, they had heard that, and yet it, it didn't, it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to begin to experience it. And so this is what's going on in this chapter of the first half. And uh, Peter uh, made the transfer but he had some struggles even in making this transfer to the New Testament dispensation where the Gentiles and the Jews are made one. Um, he did have some struggles, struggles which are seen in other parts of the New Testament. Um, now, as we go on, what we're going to see for the final couple minutes is the preparation of another vessel of the Lord, that is Saul of Tarsus, or Paul, who became the apostle, we could say, to the Gentiles with a ministry particularly to the Gentiles. And so um, we see that, you know, Paul, his source is still Jerusalem. He was, maybe you could say, first beginning to be prepared by the Lord at the martyrdom of Stephen back in chapter 7. Uh, he was there approving of Stephen's killing, and yet he first heard the gospel from Stephen. He first heard phrases like when Stephen said, he looked up and he said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He, he heard Stephen say, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He must have been thinking about what he just saw. He must have been pondering it. He was an intelligent man, and surely this was beginning to operate him. But we see he was persecuting the believers in chapter 8, and then when the Lord appeared directly to him in chapter 9 and converted him, he needed, he needed uh, Ananias to come. Uh, there to identify him with the body, and then he needed Barnabas to introduce him to the fellowship in Jerusalem, and they did not receive him. They would not believe that he was a true disciple, so they eventually sent him out back to Tarsus, 
all these events, yet all these events were sovereign of the Lord, including his not being allowed to remain for very long in Jerusalem, but uh, to be, you could say, initiated from, from Jerusalem. And eventually, in this chapter, we see that Barnabas seeks him out because he is needed to help teach and help edify the saints, the new believers there in Antioch, the believing Greeks and the believing Jews who are now being called Christians for the first time there in Antioch. So we, we see not a brand new start uh, as though the Lord uh, took a, a completely unrelated step to begin Saul's ministry, but rather we see a transition from Jerusalem to Antioch to begin Saul's ministry there, Paul's ministry and this gives us the picture of one divine stream in which God is moving so as to keep the oneness all the time from member to member and from step to step, decade to decade. He wants to keep the oneness of the body. So I think um, this might be enough for today. And I believe maybe two takeaways are with Peter's experience, we can pray, Lord, Keep me up to date with you in whatever new step you would like to take. Lord, I don't want to hold on to anything of my culture or customs that would prevent me from going forward with you in the steps in the direction you'd like to take. And with Saul's experience, I believe we can pray, Lord, keep me one with all the brothers who have gone before me. Keep me one with all the saints in your move so that you can eventually flow in one divine stream to the whole inhabited earth. So I hope you guys have a great day and keep flowing on with the Lord.